Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Well, Pac-12 Media Day happened in Las Vegas. But the University of Oregon held their own media day. That's right, the Ducks held a media day today. Dan Lanning, among those who talked as part of the media day. I was going to go to Eugene for media day and then thought better of it when I saw the Pac-12 conference had a uh, a, uh, potential conundrum on its hands with Arizona. Just thought, not good for me to be on I-5 driving. If that stuff breaks. Uh, but who we did have there, we had our correspondent, Steve Woodward, Fox Sports Eugene, jack of all trades, owner, operator, IT guy. What doesn't Steve Woodward do at Fox Sports Eugene? Former roadie. Was he a roadie for Guns N' Roses? Does anybody know? He was a roadie for some rock band. We got to talk about that as well. Steve Woodward joining us now. Steve, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, I want to ask you this. You played the Dan Lanning clip a little earlier. Yeah. You've known Dan a lot better than I do. Do you think he wishes he t- didn't say that? <laughs> no. I I no? think there. I don't think. Look, I'm going to play the cut for people who, missed, who might have missed it. But you were in the room. Okay, so Dan yep. Lanning's asked about Colorado leaving. Here's what he said. Not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember when, what they won to affect this conference. I don't remember. You remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. <laughs> that was pretty much the last question in his part of media day. And the media tried on multiple occasions to get him to weigh in on conference realignment and on uh, – you know, the Colorado situation and, and who else could be leaving. And, and he, he shut it down. He did a really good job of shutting it down. And then the last question came in, and it was that, and he just fired off. Can I play and it again? it set again? quite a tone. I want to hear it one more time. Hold on. Okay, so what was the mood prior to this? Was it just kind of normal, like you said, people kept asking him questions, yep. normal football stuff, right? Yep, exactly. Uh, all right. Now he's asked about what is your reaction to Colorado leaving? Not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember when, what they won to affect this conference. I don't remember. You remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. <laughs> Do you see that as potentially damaging to? Uh... I, oh, I, I I just see that as to me it was uncharacteristic. But again, you know Dan much better than I do. Yeah. And the room was just kind of like, whoa. I think and, I think that there are quite a few con- there are probably a, quite a few coaches in the conference who don't like Colorado's act in general right now. I I'm going to say it. I think there's some anti-prime sentiment going around the conference. I think that's fair. I think you have a lot of coaches that are circling that game on their schedule. I think you have coaches that are circling USC and UCLA on the schedule. You know, they don't let the door hit you on the butt on the way out. 
I think it's fascinating to watch this play out, and we'll see. They got. So, are you saying that potentially a misfire by Lanning because he's got to suit up? I mean, he doesn't have to suit up, but his team has to suit up and play Colorado, and you just don't provide bulletin board material to your uh, to your opponents. I, I think that's it. I, I think that it was a very uncharacteristic statement on his part because he's really good about giving respect to his opponents and not giving them anything to work with and i think he just did and it was a pretty big one and there's going to be a lot of season to sit on before that game yeah uh how did they sound at media day in your estimation other takeaways from as a for the team yeah team or just in general like give us like for the listeners who don't get to go to the event like, set the scene. What's it like? You have a, a section of Otson's club that's set up with tables where they bring in four student-athletes at a time for interviews. They have a, an opening period where you have Dan Lanning for 15 minutes. Then you had Bo Nix come in and answer questions for 15 minutes. And then you split up into groups and you brought in different sections of the team, different players that – have been either requested by other media outlets or that the athletic department felt would be of interest. You know, you had, you know, Camden Lewis, you had uh, Birch, you had uh, Bucky Irving, you had Ty Thompson, you know, different cross sections of the team that came out to answer questions. And for the most part, it's a lot of coach speak. You're, you're getting a lot of guys saying kind of what they've been rehearsed to say for the most part when you have standard questions. But a general mood was there's, there's a lot of feeling that the team is definitely better, both chemistry-wise. They feel that now that they've had a full year in Dan Lanning's system and we're getting into year two, they're more together as a team, even with the new influx of players coming in and out. Uh, there's there's more chemistry, there's more uh, pride. I think that was one of the things that came across with me, that there seemed to be a lot more pride in uh, what they're doing and just chomping at the bit to really get on the pads and get going this season. We're talking to Steve Woodward, Fox Sports Eugene. He was at Oregon's Media Day, Football Media Day today. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Bucky Irving. We don't talk about him a lot. We talk about Bo Nix. We talk about the receivers. We wonder about the defense. He was an important part of that offense last year. He was a huge part of that offense, and I think he's going to be somebody who has to seriously be con- considered for Offensive Player of the Year in the conference this year, especially if the offensive line plays up to the potential that uh, people think it will. In fact, Speaking of the offensive line, sorry to get away from Bucky Irving, but the offensive line, that was the one position group that most everyone said was the most improved. Even though they lost lots of pieces, the offensive line seemed to be the group that everyone thought was really coming out to play this year. Defensively, will Oregon be better this season than they were a year ago? Will they be more effective? Will they have an identity in your mind? Absolutely. I think there's no doubt about it. There's When you have guys that have played in a system longer, the more you play in that system, the better you are just naturally because you're more likely to react instead of think. 
And so you have a lot of guys that are have been in there that are starting to react more than they're starting to think. And they're becoming coaches on the field for new guys because they understand how the system works better and they're able to tell the new guys, no, you need to stand over here. This is where you need to line up in this situation, and which is just going to make the team better as a whole. Steve, you go to this thing. The Ducks are going to start practice. What questions do you have that cannot be answered at media day, need to be answered in fall camp between now and the start of the season? How well will that offensive line gel together? Because I think how that offensive line goes dictates how this season goes. If they play together, if they've got great great communication and they play well, Oregon will do well. But if you have breakdowns in communication and guys just not used to each other and their their quirks, you're going to drop a couple games where you shouldn't. Now let's talk about you being a roadie. Oh, no. Yeah, we must. We must. Oh, no. Help, help me understand this. How do you get into the business of being a roadie? What is a roadie for people who are not familiar with the world of music? How much can we talk about on air? Uh, um, let's just say this. Um, first of all, uh, I got into the business because a cousin of mine his band was signed to a deal with Scotty Brothers Records. And I was actually a student at Oregon when they got signed, and he said, there's no one I trust with my equipment other than you. I need you to come help me. That's nice. That's a nice compliment. Yeah. So I left school, much to my parents' chagrin, and um, went down and helped him. And I was a roadie for rock bands in L.A. on the Sunset Strip for a couple years. And I got to go into a lot of the 21 and over clubs before I was 21, which made my 21 or kind of anticlimactic. But, you know, um, it's a lot of hard work. You're, you're, you're breaking down and moving a lot of heavy equipment. You're the first one in the room, and you're the last one to leave. What did your parents say when your cousin got you to drop out of school? Um. I won't repeat the words my father used because they're not radio-friendly. But uh, let's just say he was not pleased. Um, My mother was okay with it. She was supportive, but my father was not happy. Well, but, you know, this was just something that you were going to do for a few years, right? And then this wasn't like your forever thing. But give me an idea. Like, you know, when, when I said, can we talk about you being a roadie? I sense some apprehension about talking about, like, kind of like Fight Club. First rule of Fight Club, you don't talk about Fight Club. Why? Well, you know, the saying, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens Mm -hmm. backstage stays backstage. What kind of crazy things are we talking about? Come on. Things I can't repeat on the radio, trust me. At all? Oh, no. You You can't even describe it like, you know, this is what happened. No, 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 not, not without, yeah, not without hurt feelings and, and, uh, I don't know if the statute of limitations expired or not on something. Yeah, no. Okay. I I can't get into it. You you know, (laughs) 
Give me an idea. No, you really want me to spill the beans, no. but I can only do it off the record and not on the air. Nah, I don't. It's not. I'm, I'm interested in you talking publicly about it. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I go back to the spring game. The receivers looked fantastic in the spring game. You had a whole bunch of guys, including Troy Franklin, Chris Hudson, uh, Tez Johnson. It just looked like Bo Nix is just going to sit back there and fling the ball around the stadium, and Oregon's receivers are going to run wild. Did did those guys talk at all about, you know, will they be happy sharing the football? Because, you know, there's one ball, and there's a whole bunch of those guys. The way – I'll try to paraphrase it as best I can. The way it, the different receivers discussed it was they felt that there would definitely be enough opportunities for all of them and that, you know, someone is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver this year. We don't know right. who, but of Troy, the Troy Franklin. on staff – Troy Franklin is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver, is he not? I mean, isn't he the guy? It, well – what about Holden? Or what about, you know, Johnson? I mean, so many people raved about Tez Johnson at Media Day, talking about how fast he is, how great of a route runner he is, how hard he is to contain. Hmm. You do you know, think they mean um, it, or do you think they say things at Media Day because they don't want guys to transfer? No, no, no. Uh, there was enough people talking about Tez specifically Okay. that, uh, you know, there's, there's something there. When you've got multiple defensive backs going, yeah, no, I I had a heck of a time keeping up with him. Did any of the receivers talk about how much better the defense was, or was it the other way around all day long? There was a bit of both. Um, You had compliments on some of the defensive backs and, and the front seven. But mostly it was a lot of comments about the wide receivers and, and how tough that room is. Steve Woodward, Fox Sports, Eugene. How many games does Oregon win this football season in the regular season? The over-under is nine and a half. Where do you sit? I think ten is a reasonable expectation. Won't people be upset with ten? Because people were upset with ten last year. They won ten. Everybody went, oh, terrible year. It's because of who they lost to. It wasn't necessarily that they won ten games. It was the fact that you lost your two rival games and that made it bittersweet. So you just think simply, if had they lost to uh, you know Colorado or Utah, is an acceptable loss, not an acceptable loss to lose to Oregon State and Washington. Correct. Interesting. Going to be a fun season. Yes, it hey, is. Tell us what's going on at Fox Sports, Eugene. I saw a tweet. Did you guys boost the signal? What happened? What's going on there? So we signed on in 2016 on 95.7 FM plus our 10:50 AM. We've had some challenges with the 95.7 over the years because there is a Corvallis station that's also on 95.7 that we didn't know about when we first got that signal, and we've been in a position where we can now move frequencies. We're going to move from 95.7 to 102.9. And that's going to be a bigger, stronger signal with no classical stations or anybody else around to interfere with us. And that's going to be happening here in the next two to three weeks. Love it. Powerhouse, man. 
All right. Uh, is it true what they say, like, about M&Ms with roadies? You know, did you have to do all that stuff? No brown M&Ms, all, no, all green M&Ms. Did you have to do that as a roadie? Do you, do, you know, do you know why that was done? Do you know the story behind that? No. Tell me. Oh, okay. So you would have an outlandish request. It's called a writer. So it's what the band and their management send to the concert promoter. These are things that we want or need to be able to put on our show. And it's an Ozzy Osbourne thing. He wanted a thousand brown M&Ms in a glass. And if you walked into the room and you saw a thousand brown M&Ms in the glass, you knew the rest of the details were taken care of. Mm. But if it was just a bunch of mixed M&Ms poured into a glass, you knew they didn't completely read the writer and you wonder what else isn't going to be set up properly for your show that night. Interesting. So it was more or less a test. Are they paying attention? Did they get this detail? If they did, they got everything else. Exactly. That's fascinating. Football coaches should pay attention to that. <laughs> Steve, I appreciate you going to Media Day and taking care of business. Best interview? Best person? Most enjoyable interview? Oh, boy. Um, you know, a lot of fun with Camden Lewis today. Cam uh, talked a lot about his journey, you know, from a freshman to now. He said, you know, just don't ask him about that Holiday Bowl kick. He's the kicker. You say the best interview on the Oregon football team was the kicker? Today. Okay. The best interview today. Fascinating. Well, we'll see what happens. Open against Portland State week two. Texas Tech should be a big one. Thanks for having me, John. All right. Steve Woodward, Fox Sports Eugene. The roadie has left the building. Steve, uh, Stephen, do you notice that uh, Steve is a little squirrely with his answers there? He didn't want to talk about being a roadie. Kind of wants to leave it where it is. There's a little mystery and intrigue that is going on with this guy. Well, it's like you said, though, John. Well, you know what? Like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's kind yeah. of one of those things. It's like a bachelor party. Do you really talk about it? I mean, I feel mm -hmm. like being a roadie, and I don't know. I've never been a roadie, but I feel like there's some things you're going to see that you just can't. You can't even talk about. Like it's, uh, you know, you don't talk about Fight Club. I bet you it's worse in my mind right now than actually what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. That's really true. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always way worse if they don't tell you the details. Uh, I love it. We'll talk more. By the way, you didn't get to answer my question about Damian Lillard earlier. I didn't know. Can we kick it around for just a second here before yeah, we it. go to break? Okay, so the NBA is trying to stop players from saying, you know, I don't want to play here. Send Trade me to a specific team or I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to play. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. I won't participate. Is it going to be effective what they did? Because they're ba basically setting it up to say, we can nail you for tampering if you try to play it that way. I think it is going to be effective. And, you know, a lot of people think that this has happened before where guys are saying, to, I'm only going to go to one place and that's it. But it hasn't happened like Aaron Goodwin and Dame have done it. That's the difference. Anthony Davis got suspended or got fined $50,000, which is nothing to him. But basically what he told teams was, yeah, I'll come in and I'll play for you for a year, and then I'm a free agent, then I'm going to go sign with the Lakers. So you can trade for me if you want to, but I'm gone in a year. Where Dame is, you know, Dame is saying, I only want to go to Miami, but he has four years on his contract. He doesn't have 
you know, he doesn't have the leverage in that situation. So I do think that it's totally it's a it's totally different than what other players have done in the past. And the fact that they were so direct about it, and Aaron Good would say, "It's Miami or bust," basically, like that's what he said. And it's that it's just a bad sentiment that it sets that Dame's contract extension hasn't kicked in yet, and he already wants out of his small market like Portland. So I, I do think it is going to be somewhat effective. And I think it is good news if you're a Blazer fan and you want the Blazers to get as much as you can for Dame. I do think this opens up the possibility for maybe a team we haven't thought of could jump in and say, you know what, Utah, definitely Utah. In my mind, I want that. But even a team like Orlando or Oklahoma City, if they really feel like they're a Dame away from making a jump, they could jump in and say, well, Dame's locked. I love that. Yeah, he's locked in for four years. Like, what's he going to do? He can't, he can't, he would be a terrible look now to say, I'm trading to Orlando, but I'm not going to play for you now. Like, he can't go out and do that. So I think it opens it up. I do think he does start the season with the Blazers in training camp. I think he plays for the Blazers in uh, game one of the regular season. I think he's a Portland Trailblazer to start the year. I uh, I agree with you. I think he's going to be with the Blazers. And I also think the Blazers, you know, it's well within their right to lay up right now and say, we don't want to make a deal that's bad for us. All right, leave it here. Anna- we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.